we were there. We called ourselves Christians. We went to church like those other people do. And Jesus is going to say to many of those people, depart from me because I never knew you. Preaching the old time gospel. With a fresh anointing to to a new generation. This is Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it may not always be a duck. In the church today, we have people that act the part but don't really know Jesus. Coming to and growing in faith in the Lord is a spiritual battle, and you want to make sure you're in the right army. Today, Brian begins a series called Spiritual Warfare, Putting on the Full Armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. Are you ready for the battle? Let's jump in then with the first message in the series, Four Soldiers in the Army of God. Here's Brian. If you have your Bibles today, I'm going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10 and going through verse 17. Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In this passage of Scripture, what the Apostle Paul does is he uses a metaphor to talk about the Christian life and being a Christian And he's using a war-type metaphor. He's talking about Christians uh, in the sense that we are soldiers, but not physical soldiers that are in the regular military. But in this case, he's making a comparison. And you have to remember, Paul was a Roman citizen, and Rome had a very powerful army. And so Paul uses this analogy, and he's telling the Christian people, he said, look, just like there's a physical army, and just like there are physical battles going on every day, the Apostle Paul says there is also a spiritual battle going on in the world. Just like there's a spiritual battle, uh, there are soldiers, there are people involved in this spiritual struggle, uh, both on the good side, and that would be on the Lord's side. And he says that these are the Christians, those that have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ and born again into the family of God. They have become soldiers of Jesus Christ. And then those on the other side, uh, which are the ones that we struggle against, and that is Satan is on the other side. He's the leader of the other side of this spiritual struggle. And, of course, the Bible says that every person that is born physically is not born into the family of God. In fact, every person that's born physically is born in sin. They are born separated from God. They are born as enemies of God. And as a result of that, every person that's born physically in sin is born in the wrong side of this spiritual conflict. All of us are born 
uh, if you will, on the devil's side because we are born in sin, and as we get older, we choose to commit sin, and thus we are at enmity with God. We are not in his family. We are not one of the soldiers in his spiritual army. We are on the other side. We are living in sin, and we are slaves to the one that leads the other side of this spiritual battle. We are slaves of the devil. And it's only when we come to faith in Jesus Christ that we enter into the family of God and become a part of this spiritual army. Now, there's a lot of people that don't understand this, and there's a lot of people that don't understand that uh, how it is that we get into God's family. They don't understand how it is that we get into this spiritual army that Paul is talking about. How it is it that we become children of God? How is it that we become soldiers of Jesus Christ and, and followers of Christ in this spiritual battle and in this spiritual army? You see, many people believe that just because they were born into a Christian family or just because uh, they were baptized when they were infants or just because they joined a church uh, many years ago, or just because they're religious, or just because they said uh, a sinner's prayer at some time in the past, uh, or just because they try to be a good person or, or try to do good works, they assume that by these different activities, that by these different things that characterize their life and their past, they assume that they are Christians and they assume that they are on the right side of this spiritual conflict. But the Bible is clear that we do not enter into the family of God by works. We do not enter into the family of God by anything that we do. We do not enter into the family of God, not through religion, not through church, not through baptism, not through the sinner's prayer. There's absolutely nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to get from the wrong side of this spiritual battle into the right side. There's nothing that we can do to cause ourselves to be born again. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to cause our sins to be forgiven and to cause us to be in a right relationship with God. And so some people might say, well, how is it then if we're born in sin and if we're born separated from God and if we're born on the wrong side of this spiritual battle in the sense that we are slaves to sin and slaves to the devil and, uh, and an enmity with God, how is it that we get in God's family? How is it that we become soldiers of Jesus Christ and get on the right side of the spiritual conflict that's going on in the world? Well, I would like to use an example just out of the real world. Uh, how is it that people get into the physical army? I mean, today, if you and I decided that we wanted to go down and we wanted to join one of the branches of the military, how would we do that? Well, there's a couple of ways that we could potentially, in the world that you and I live in, there's a couple of ways that we could get into the military. One of the ways is uh, a war could break out. Now, they don't have the draft right now, but at different times in our history, as our country was at war and they needed military personnel, they needed people to fight, uh, the government would actually institute a draft and they would, a draft is when they uh, ask people of a certain age, they don't ask them, but they tell them, they require them by coercion, they say, you're going to serve in the military. We're going to force you to serve. And so some people that have served in the military before and some people that have served in military conflicts have literally been drafted. Maybe not even, it wasn't even their will to be in the army. It wasn't even their desire to be in the spiritual battle. They didn't even want to go, but the government coerced them. They said, we need you. You're an American. We're at war. 
we're going to require you, we're going to draft you, even against your will, to go and to fight to be a part of this army. But today, thank the Lord, uh, we're not in a situation where we have to have the draft and where uh, people have to be forced into military service. And so the second way that we can get into the military, and it's the way that people do get in today, is if somebody wanted to serve in one of the branches of the armed forces, they would go to a recruitment office and that recruitment office, there would be soldiers, uh, there would be military personnel representing the different branches of the armed service, and they would go talk to them about what their interests were, and uh, they would sign them up. And actually, the person would volunteer. The person would go down of their own free will, uh, of their own desire, of their own effort. They would go down to the recruitment office and say, I want to join the military. I'm here to sign up on the dotted line. And therefore, they would become soldiers uh, in a branch of the military, not because somebody forced them to, but because they volunteered. Now, today, let's think about it from a spiritual perspective. How do we get in the spiritual army of God? How is it that you and I become soldiers of Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus Christ, uh, those that are on the right side of the spiritual battle in the world that you and I live in? Well, we've already said we don't do it through any of these works of our own. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to do it. And let me assure you today that God is not in the drafting business. God is not coercing people into his family. God is not forcing people to become his children. He is not requiring people against their will to join and become followers of Jesus Christ and thus soldiers of Jesus Christ and thus involved in the spiritual battle on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not institute a draft when it comes to bringing people into his family. He does not institute a draft and coerce people against their will to be followers of his and soldiers of Jesus Christ. I can assure you today that if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and indeed if you are on the right side of the spiritual struggle that's going on in the world, and you are seeking to be involved in this spiritual conflict as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is only one way that you got into that family. There's only one way that you became a soldier in the army of God, and that is if you volunteered. That is if you enlisted. You see, I'm 47 years old, but 30 years ago, when I was 17 years old, I went to a service where the gospel was being preached, and I heard the gospel. I heard what the Bible says about my sin, that I had sinned against God and my sin had separated me from God. I heard that as because of my sin, that I was going to be punished, that the wages of sin is death. And I understood that God in his righteousness, in his justice, in his holiness, could not just overlook the sin that was in my life, but that that sin must be punished. And I understood that I was a sinner and that I was under the punishment and condemnation of my sin. But I also heard the good news of the gospel, and that was that even though I had sinned against God and walked outside of his will for my life, 
uh, that God had done something for me. He gave his only begotten son. And that 2,000 years ago, Jesus voluntarily came to this earth and was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless, perfect life on this earth, that he voluntarily went to the cross, shed his blood, died for my sins and indeed the sins of the whole world, the Bible says, and that he did that and taking on the punishment and penalty of our sin. He paid the price that we could not pay. And then the Bible says that he died and that he was buried, but that he did not stay dead. But on the third day, he rose from the dead victorious over death, hell, and the grave, and that Jesus Christ is alive. In fact, the Bible says that he has ascended into heaven, and he has been seated at the right hand of God, and that he has been given all power and authority. And that one day he's coming back to this earth to claim those that are his own and to receive his church and those that have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. He's going to come back for us. In the meantime, there is a spiritual battle on this earth between God and the devil. There is a spiritually good side in which God is leading those that have been saved through faith and repentance in Jesus Christ. He's leading them in a godly way to be in a spiritual battle and conflict against the devil and those that are still in their sin, those that are still separated from God, those that have, that are still walking in rebellion to Jesus Christ and have never accepted him as their personal Lord and Savior. There is this spiritual battle going on in the world. And indeed, that spiritual battle is more real and it is more dangerous and is more powerful and it is more consuming than any other physical battle on this earth today. The spiritual battle is real. And what we want today is we want to make sure that we are on the right side of that spiritual battle. And I'm telling you today that if you want to become a soldier of Jesus Christ, if you want to become a child of God, if you want to be forgiven of your sins and turn your back on Satan, and you want to live a life of holiness and godliness, you want to live a life that's in obedience to Christ, you're, you're tired of being on the wrong side of the spiritual battle. You're tired of being a slave to the devil. There is only one way to get out of that side. There is only one way to break away from being a follower and a slave to Satan. There is only one way to break away from that side of the spiritual battle and enter into the side that we need to be on. And that is a follower of Jesus Christ and a soldier of Jesus Christ. And the only way to do that is through Jesus Christ and the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And he offers us, he says, it's a free gift. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And we've all sinned and we're all under the penalty of that death. But the same verse that says that the wages of sin is death says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in other words, while I was dead in sin and while I was a slave to Satan and while I was uh, enslaved to this wrong side of the spiritual battle, Jesus Christ did something for me. He died for me. He shed his blood for me. He rose from the dead victorious and he offered me as a free gift eternal life. He offers me as a free gift forgiveness of my sins, cleansing of everything that I've ever done wrong. He's going to wash me with his blood and by the power of his Holy Spirit, he's going to cause me to be born again into his family. And as a child of God, I'm going to become a soldier in this spiritual army, a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ, a soldier of Jesus Christ. And the way that I do that is through in 
enlisting. He's not going to draft me. He's not going to force me. He's not going to coerce me. I promise you today, as bad as God wants you to be saved, as bad as God wants you to break away from the slavery of sin and the slavery that Satan has people bound and bondage to, he's not going to force us. He's not going to make us do that. He's going to offer us an opportunity. And just like if we want to join the military forces today, we've got to go down there and voluntarily do it. We've got to sign up of our own free will and accord. It's the same way spiritually today. If we want to be in God's army, we're going to have to volunteer. We're going to have to come to him in faith, and we're going to have to believe that Jesus Christ is our only way to be saved. We're going to have to believe that his finished work on the cross is the only thing that can forgive us and save us. And we're going to have to throw ourselves on the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, confessing our sin and asking for his forgiveness. And with his help, turning our back on our sin, repenting of our sin and walking away, turning away from that old life of sin, turning away from that old path of following the wrong spiritual example, the devil, that wrong path of being in the wrong side of the spiritual battle. And we're going to have to repent. We're going to have to turn and become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me ask you today, uh, there are many people that have done that. There are many people that have been saved. There are many people that have put their faith in Jesus Christ, that have asked the Lord for forgiveness, that have repented of their sins, that have been born again into the family of God, that have voluntarily become followers of Jesus Christ and thus soldiers of Christ in this spiritual army and in this spiritual battle. But let me ask you today, are all soldiers the same? Are all soldiers the same? Well, of course they're not. Uh, so what type of soldier am I? What type of soldier are you? I believe that there's really four categories that we can put uh, soldiers in, at least soldiers that claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. And it's been interesting to me. Uh, I, I was not born in Mississippi. I'm from North Carolina, but I've lived in Mississippi a long time, and I've even pastored in the state of Mississippi. And I used to say when I was pastoring uh, that as I would go and try to share the gospel with people and go door to door and, and, and try to share the gospel on the streets or out in public, it amazed me that almost every single person that I talked to said they were a Christian. Almost every single person that I talked to said they were followers of Jesus Christ. They believed themselves to be Christians. Uh, but what I understood over a lot of years of ministry is there's several different categories of soldiers. Even, even physically today, soldiers that are in the American military, there's several different types of soldiers. One type of soldier uh, that people can be is they can be a spy. They can be a spy. Now, what is a spy? A spy is somebody that joins a branch of the military and they get the uniform and they get the training and they know how to talk the talk and they are actually there every day participating and, and pretending to be in one of the branches of the military. And when you look at them uh, on the surface, they seem to be real. On the surface, they seem to be saying the right thing. They seem to be doing the right thing. But the truth of the matter is they are spies. And we have spies in the military going back as, as long as as the military has ever existed, all armies have faced this around the world where people would infiltrate 
uh, the military, and they would be there looking like the real thing, pretending to be the real thing, but in actuality, they were there as spies. My friends, let me tell you something. There are people today that would say they are Christians, that would say they are children of God, that would say they are members of our church, that would say uh, they are disciples of Jesus Christ, that would say they are following Christ and are soldiers of Christ and are on the right side of this spiritual battle. But the truth of the matter is, even though they seem to talk uh, with the right words, they seem to be members of the church, they seem to, to have many of the outward trappings of somebody uh, that would be a Christian, the truth of the matter is, There are people in the family of God, in the church of God, in the army of God, that in in actuality, they are spies. They've never really been born again. They're Christians in name only. They never have really put their faith in Christ and Christ alone. They never have really confessed and repented of their sins. They've never really turned their back own their old life, and become true followers of Jesus Christ. They're simply playing a game. They're simply playing a part. And and, and Jesus talks about those people. He said, on judgment day, there's going to be people that come to the judgment. And when I judge them, uh, they're going to say, well, well, weren't we followers of yours? Didn't we uh, do what your followers did? Didn't we uh, participate in what your followers participated in? Didn't we do this in your name? In other words, we were there. We were there. We, we called ourselves Christians. We, we dressed like those other people. We went to church like those other people. We did the things that, that your people do. And Jesus is going to say to many of those people, depart from me because I never knew you. You see, even though it seemed that they were in the family of God, even though it seemed that they were in the church of God, even though it seemed that they were soldiers in the army of God, even though it seemed that they were followers of Jesus Christ, it's going to be revealed one day that they were nothing more than imposters. They were nothing more than spies. What does that mean? It means they were never really saved. It means that in actuality, even though they they tried to make themselves out to be Christians, they were really still children of the devil. That even though they were members of the church, that they had never really been born again. And they were still uh, following the devil. They were still slaves to the devil. My friends, you don't want to be a spy. You don't want the Lord to come back and at the time of judgment realize that you were never really born again, that you were never really ever became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You do not want to be a spy. Well, another type of soldier is one that is A-W-O-L. That is a term that is used for people in the military. What does it mean for a military a soldier or someone in the military, what does it mean for them to be A-W-O-L? It means absent without leave. It means they have joined and said, we want to be in this branch of the military and we're willing to go to the basic training and we're willing to serve. And they sign them up and they give them a uniform and they send them to the training and they're actually in the military. They may be on the battlefield, actually fighting in a war. And everybody wakes up one day, all of their fellow soldiers wake up one day and they realize that this person that has been drafted or this person that has signed up to be a soldier, they have gone. They've run away. They've abandoned their post. They're not doing 
what they said they would do. They're not where they have been told to be. They are absent without leave. They're absent without permission. And let me tell you, the, the church of Jesus Christ is full of soldiers that are absent without leave. The family of God is full of people that at some time in the past have had a religious experience, that have come to the church, that have said the sinner's prayer, that have walked the aisle, that have joined the church, that have been in Sunday school, that have come to vacation Bible school, that have been through the baptistry. The Christian church is full of people that at some time in the past of their own free will and accord came forward and in some type of service, some type of public service, Christian service, They indicated that they were making a decision to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they were making a decision to be a member of the body of Christ, that they were making a decision to become soldiers in the army of God. Only to move forward in time, weeks or months or years or decades, and now you look at that person and they're no longer there. They're no longer where they ought to be. They're no longer following Christ. They're no longer in the church. They're no longer serving. They're no longer worshiping. They're no longer involved in the Lord's work. Let me tell you something. They are absent without leave. If they are not spies, in other words, if they are not people that never really got saved to start with, if they're not people that are falsely claiming to be Christians, then they are absent without leave. Maybe they are Christians, but they have abandoned their posts. They have abandoned their responsibilities. They have abandoned the service of the Lord in this spiritual battle. And my friends, I certainly would hate to be in that position. Now, I would hate to be a spy. I would hate to be somebody that was claiming to be a follower of Jesus Christ, but really wasn't a follower of Jesus Christ. I would hate to be somebody that was claiming to be saved that was not really saved. And one day they were going to stand before the judgment seat of God and hear from Jesus himself, depart from me because I never knew you. You were a spy. You were an imposter, but I never knew you. But I would also hate to be a real Christian somebody that had really experienced the grace and the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ at some time in the past, I would hate to be a Christian that at some time in the past had voluntarily of my own free will and accord said, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be a member of the church of Jesus Christ. I want to be on the right side of this spiritual battle, only to wake up one day and realized that I was absent without leave, realized that I had abandoned the Lord. I had abandoned his church. I had abandoned the word of God. I had abandoned the mission that I was no longer fighting and working and serving and worshiping on the right side of this spiritual battle. But my friends, I'm telling you today, even a lot of people that are listening to me preach this message over the airways, over the radio, the truth is today, you would claim, I'm a Christian, you would say, Brian, if I talk to you at some time in the past, I've made a decision for Jesus Christ, I've been born again, I've been saved, I've become a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm on the right side of the spiritual battle, but the truth is today, even riding down the road in your vehicle, you are absent without leave, you are not 
about where you need to be in this spiritual battle. You're no longer in the church. You're no longer in the Word of God. You no longer are faithfully following and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You are absent without leave. My friend, you need to evaluate yourself as a soldier in the army of God. But they're also soldiers. They're not spies, and they're not absent without leave, but they're wounded. They're wounded. Uh, And there's a lot of reasons somebody can be wounded. Most of the time, soldiers are wounded by the enemy. Uh, They're in a battle, in in a conflict with the enemy, and there's some type of skirmish going on where weapons are being used, and the enemy, the opposite side, shoots or Uh, uses some type of equipment that causes the soldier to become wounded. And wounded soldiers are no longer able to fight. They're no longer able to be engaged in the conflict. They have to be removed from the battle, and they have to be taken back where they can be treated for their wounds and for their injuries. But people can also be wounded by friendly fire. What does it mean to be wounded by friendly fire? If you've heard, ever heard them talking about a military conflict and the news media talked about these people were hurt, but they were not hurt by the enemy. They were hurt by friendly fire. That means that some way people on their side, people uh, in their group accidentally shot them, accidentally aimed some uh, ordinances at them and mistakenly hurt people on their own side. Now, that's a shame. And it happens all the time. Many people in the military that get hurt, many people in the military that get wounded don't get wounded by the enemy. They get wounded by people on their own side by mistake. And then the other way that you can get wounded is you can wound yourself. Uh, There's people in the military that uh, because of emotional struggles or psychological struggles or trauma from what they see and what they experience on the battlefield, uh, they will actually turn the gun. They will actually turn the weapon on themselves and they will wound themselves in an attempt to try to get out of the battle and get out of the responsibility uh, of being a soldier in the military. And you know what I've discovered? Just like it's possible to be wounded in those ways in the earthly military, it is exactly the same way it's possible to be wounded spiritually. As a soldier of Jesus Christ, as a Christian, as a child of God, as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ in the army of God, it's possible to be wounded. How do we become wounded? We can be wounded by the enemy. Who's the enemy? Satan is the enemy. And Satan, the Bible says, and we're going to talk about him in a couple of weeks, the Satan is there and his job, his purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. He's always working against us. He's always in conflict against us. And my friends, let me tell you, he is a real enemy and he has real power and he really does want to kill, steal, and destroy. And there's times that we are wounded by him or those that are following him and doing his work and doing his bidding. And we need to be careful because when we're wounded, we're not going to be able to serve the Lord as effectively as we would want to and we need to. But you know, not everybody... Uh, in the physical army that's wounded is wounded by the enemy. And not everybody in the spiritual army that's wounded is wounded by the enemy. We also have people that are wounded by friendly fire on the Christian side. 
as followers of Jesus Christ in the spiritual army of God, in the church. We have people that have been wounded by those that are in this same army following this same Jesus that we are. And many times that was not intentional. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, our fellow soldiers and followers of Jesus Christ, they can say things, they can do things, they can treat us in ways that cause us to be wounded and wounded deeply. And many times because people have been wounded in the church, because they've been wounded by spiritual leaders, because they've been wounded by brothers and sisters in Christ, because they've been wounded by those that claim to be followers of Jesus, it's caused those in the army of God, it's caused those that are soldiers of Jesus Christ to become wounded and they're no longer serving and worshiping God. They're no longer engaged in this spiritual battle the way they ought to be because they've been wounded, sometimes by the enemy, sometimes by friendly fire. My friends, let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with being wounded. There's no shame in being wounded. It's not your fault necessarily if you've been wounded. Uh, I had a former pastor that was uh, uh, served in the reserves in the army, and he was actually a chaplain. And two different times when the Iraq war first happened, uh, when they were going in and going into Iraq and trying to overthrow Saddam Hussein, he went and he was deployed there for a year, actually on the field. And then 10 years later, when the second Iraq war broke out, uh, he was called up again for a year, but this time they sent him to Germany, and he was there at a military hospital as a chaplain, uh, trying to minister to the wounded soldiers that they were bringing in from Iraq and the Middle East and bringing back to Germany. And he told me one time, he said, Brian, every day, one plane, two planes, three planes would land every single day in Germany, bringing more and more wounded soldiers from the Middle East to be treated. Some of those soldiers were mortally wounded. They were going to die from their injuries. Some of those soldiers were wounded so bad that they would be scarred for life physically or emotionally or psychologically. Some of those soldiers were, uh, it was less wounds. The wounds were not so severe and they were going to be treated and, and given time to recuperate. And some of them would literally leave the hospital, would leave the physical therapy and go back to the battlefield. And he told me how bad it was to be there at that hospital, how emotionally straining it was to see all of those American soldiers and how they had been wounded and how those wounds were affecting them physically, emotionally, spiritually, and how uh, those wounds were keeping them from being able to serve and do the job that they had been given to do. My friends, let me tell you, it is equally discouraging to see into the church, to see into the army of God, to see into the family of God and see how many soldiers of Jesus Christ have been wounded. Some have been wounded by the enemy. Some have been wounded by friendly fire, by people in the family of God. Some have been wounded by themselves, uh, by their own decisions, by their own bad habits, by their own sin, by their own uh, failure to be obedient to God's word by their own mistakes. They've wounded themselves. 
So there's many people in the family of God, many soldiers of Jesus Christ today that are not engaged in the spiritual battle, that are not effectively serving and worshiping God. And the reason is not because they're not soldiers. They are soldiers. They've been saved. They've been born again. They've been forgiven. They've been filled with the Spirit of God. But at some point in the past, they've been wounded. And my friend, I told you, it's not a sin. It's not something to be ashamed of to be wounded. But listen to me, it is a shame to stay wounded. There's nothing wrong with being wounded. It's not your fault necessarily if you've been wounded, but it is your fault if you stay wounded. Because just like those soldiers in Iraq were brought back to a hospital where there were people that were trained to do surgery on them, to perform procedures on them, uh, to give them physical therapy and medications and treatment that would cause them to get their strength back and their health back and to overcome those injuries. Let me tell you something. In the spiritual army of God, we have one Jesus Christ that is not only is our Savior, not only is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but He is the great and divine physician and he can heal us. He can't he he not only can heal us spiritually of the sin that keeps us lost. He not only can heal us spiritually so we can be saved and born again. My friend, he can heal us emotionally, he can heal us physically, he can heal us psychologically, he can heal us financially, physically, any way that we've been wounded, whether it was by Satan, whether it was by another Christian friendly fire, whether it was by something stupid that we did ourselves, my friend, he can heal us so that we can become better soldiers again, healed soldiers again. My friends, if you're out there today and you are a Christian, but you've been wounded and it has caused you to abandon your post, it's caused you not to be able to be as effective in the army of God as you ought to be, I'm telling you today, you can be healed. The great and divine physician, Jesus Christ, can heal you. You need to turn to him. And then finally, some of the people in the military are spies, some are wounded, and some are trained and ready. You know, you see those soldiers, some of them, you can tell, they've been getting up every day for years and running and doing the calisthenics and and going through uh, the difficulties of the training. You can tell, you can see the muscles, you can see the fitness. They've been trained, not only physically have they conditioned their bodies, but they've learned how to uh, use the different weaponry. They've, they, they're ready, they're fit, they're like Rambo. They're, if, if there's a battle, if there's something going on where they need to be deployed, where they need to enter into the battle, They are fit physically, emotionally, and in every way. They're ready. They're at their peak. They're at their best, and they're ready to engage the enemy and win. My friends, that's the way we need to be. We don't need to be spies in the army of God. We don't need to be absent without leave. We don't need to be wounded. We need to be trained and ready. And my friend, just like a soldier does not get ready and does not get trained by sitting on the couch and not doing anything. He is prepared by getting up every day and going through the training, learning the weaponry, learning about the enemy, learning about tactics. My friend, in the same way, if we're going to engage in this spiritual battle, if we're going to be the type of spiritual soldiers that we ought to be, we're going to have to get up every day and train spiritually. 
so that we're strong spiritually. We're reading the Word of God. We're praying. We're going to church. We're listening to the Word of God. We're fellowshipping with other believers. We're serving. We're witnessing. We're giving. We're doing. And through those Christian activities, through those Christian disciplines every day, every week, every month, we're growing spiritually. We're becoming stronger spiritually. We're learning more about the Word of God. We're learning more about the plan of God. We're learning more about the enemy of God. We're learning more about the spiritual battle that is going on around us and how we can be used to engage in that spiritual battle and win victories for the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, I ask you today, what kind of soldier are you? Are you a soldier? Some of you may say, Brian, I, I'm, not, I'm not a soldier of Jesus Christ because there's never been a time where I've put my faith in Jesus Christ. There's never been a time where I've confessed my sins to Jesus and asked for forgiveness. There's never been a time when I repented of my sins. There's never been a time where I publicly became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then, my friend, today you need to do that. Because there is a spiritual battle going on in this world. And if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, you are by default a follower of the devil. Whether you know it or not, whether you admit it or not, whether you recognize it or not, there are only two spiritual sides to this battle. There are only two leaders to this spiritual battle. One is Jesus, one is the devil, and we are following one of those two leaders. Which one is it? I pray that you're following Jesus Christ. But even if you are in the family of God, what kind of soldier are you? Oh, I pray that you're not a spy. I pray that you're not somebody who who is just a Christian in name only. I hope you're not AWOL. I hope you're not absent without leave. I hope that you're engaged. I hope that you're serving and worshiping and following and doing all that God would have you to do in this spiritual battle. I pray that you're not wounded. I pray that you've not allowed Satan or another believer or your own self to cause you to become wounded in this spiritual battle. If you have been wounded, I pray that you'll be healed today in Jesus' name. My friends, I hope that you're not being lazy. I hope that you're not failing to be exercising spiritually, to be engaged in spiritual discipline daily. Because my friends, if we're weak spiritually, we're not going to be able to be the soldiers that we need to be. We're not going to be able to serve God and go against this enemy the way that we need to go against him and stand against him. Very quickly as we close today, what are the steps to being a better soldier? If I am a soldier of Jesus Christ today, what can I do practically to start becoming a better soldier of Jesus Christ? In verse 10, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Number one, if you want to become a better, stronger, more useful servant in the army of God, then be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. What does that mean? It means that this spiritual battle is not going to be won in physical strength. I'm not going to be able to win and overcome and be victorious in the spiritual battles that I face every day in my physical strength. We need to be on a spiritual exercise program. 
We need to be getting up every day and engaging ourselves in those spiritual disciplines that will cause us to grow stronger spiritually, that will cause us to be uh, more and more powerfully filled with the Holy Spirit, that will cause us to have a better understanding of what God's spiritual game plan is so that we'll know better who our enemy is and how to stand against him. And the way that we do that is by being engaged in a spiritual exercise program. Just like people go to the gym and, and they get on a, a program and they, they go and they rotate around these machines and they lift weights and they do cardio and they build themselves up with, you know, so that they're stronger, more, got more muscle physically, but they're also, their cardio, their endurance is, is more. Uh, my friends, we, they are on a physical exercise program. We need to be on a spiritual exercise program. We need to realize that as soldiers of Jesus Christ, we're not going to win this spiritual battle in our own strength. We've got to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We need to be active members of the local body of Christ. That is our spiritual gym. Uh, just like most people that are on a good exercise program, they're members of a local gym, a place where they go to and exercise physically. They're members of a place that they go and they participate in physical activity there. My friends, the church is that local place where we receive that strength that we need and that exercise that we need and that growing that we need from a spiritual perspective. Number two, not only do we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, we need to put on the whole armor of God. You know, when a soldier joins the military and they send them out to the battle, uh, they don't just send them out uh, with their shirt and jeans on and tennis shoes. If, if you join the military and they send you out to fight a battle, they give you a uniform, they give you a helmet, they give you a bulletproof vest, they give you uh, a gun, they give you army boots to walk in, not tennis shoes, they give you weaponry, and they teach you how to use those weapons, and they send you out with the full armor on that you need to engage the enemy and fight the battle and win and be victorious. Let me tell you something. God, when you join his family, when you become a soldier of Jesus Christ, he has given you the whole armor of God. And we read about it a few minutes ago, the different pieces of armor that God has given. And over the next few weeks, we're going to study about what those pieces of armor are and why we need to put them on and how we put them on and how we use them and how they will help us in this spiritual battle. But today what we need to know is we need to be strong in the Lord and power of his might. We need to put on the whole armor of God. We need to use the things that God has given us and stop trying to do things in our own strength. We need to serve in the Lord's armory and he will supply all that we need for victory. And he tells us that. He tells us that we need to put on the whole armor of God. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And so he's provided the armor. We need to know what it is. We need to know how to put it on. And then we need to put it on every day. And we need to put on the whole armor of God. And then finally, we need to stand firm. We cannot be effective in this spiritual battle if we do not stand firm. And notice how many times in this short passage of Scripture 
the Apostle Paul tells the Ephesian believers in one way or another that they need to stand firm. In verse 11, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then he goes on to say, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. Listen, listen to this, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, the end of verse 13, to stand, first part of verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth. What does he tell them? He says, stand. You need to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You need to be able to withstand the evil day. Having done all, you need to stand. Verse 14, you need to stand therefore. It sounds like to me standing firm is an important part of being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Standing firm is an important aspect of being victorious in the spiritual battle that you and I are going to face every day as a follower of Jesus Christ. We need to have the highest level of commitment. You know, in the world you and I live in today, people aren't committed to anything. They aren't committed to God. They aren't committed uh, to their marriage. They aren't committed to their job. They're, They're not, people just generally don't have commitment today. But what the Lord says is, if you're going to be a soldier of Jesus Christ, if you're going to be able to stand against your enemy, the devil, if you're going to be able to live an abundant, victorious Christian life in the spiritual battles that you're going to face, you're going to have to learn to stand. Nothing in our lives should take priority over our spiritual service. We should stand no matter what. Our emotions, our circumstances that we face in life, none of these things should have an effect on us or keep us from standing faithfully and committed to Jesus in this spiritual battle. You know, people tend to be swayed every day by their emotions. Today, they're healthy, so everything's good. Tomorrow, they're sick, so they're down in the dumps. Today, everything's going my way, and so... I feel pretty good, but tomorrow nothing seems to go my way and I'm defeated. Today, uh, everybody seems to like me and, and I'm having a pretty good day. Tomorrow, you know, people seem to be against me. People's emotions, people's circumstances cause them to live every day like a, like they're on a roller coaster. Today I'm up, tomorrow I'm not. Today I'm excited, tomorrow I'm depressed. Today I'm living for the Lord, today uh, I, not so much. Today I'm in church, tomorrow not. Today I'm reading the Bible, tomorrow I don't have time. You see, my friends, people are allowing their emotions and their circumstances to cause them to be defeated in this spiritual battle because they're not standing firm. But he tells us, Paul tells us in this passage, stand firm, stand firm, stand firm. We need to be ready to follow the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, into any battle, and we should be willing to fight to the death, giving our very life, if necessary, for the one who has given his life for us. Jesus Christ came to this earth, and he came to this earth to give his life for us. He came to this earth to die 
in the spiritual battle, he was willing to sacrifice his own life so that the will and the plan of God might move forward and so the devil might be defeated and so you and I might have victory. And my friend, if Jesus Christ is in us, if we indeed have been born again and our sins have been forgiven and we have become followers of Jesus Christ, real, genuine followers of Jesus Christ, and if we are in his spiritual army as his soldiers, then just like Jesus Christ came to this earth and humbled himself and became obedient to the heavenly Father, even to the point of death on the cross, in order that he might do the will of God and win the spiritual battle over the devil, then you and I that have been saved by Jesus Christ, that have been filled by the Holy Spirit, that are walking daily, uh, following him, walking daily, uh, growing spiritually, engaged in the spiritual battle, we're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to pay whatever price needs to be paid so that we can be a part of helping the kingdom of God to win victory after victory after victory over the devil and over those that follow him. My friends, I pray today, I pray that we all would become faithful followers of Jesus Christ. If you're you're listening to me today, and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, then my prayer for you is that even right where you are right now, that you would bow your head, that you would humble yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would confess your sin, that you would ask for forgiveness, and that you would put your faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone for salvation. And my friends, if you're listening today and you're saved, But as we looked at this scripture and as you evaluated your spiritual life, you said, you know what? I am a soldier of Jesus Christ. I know I've been saved. I know I'm a follower of Christ. I know I've been put in this army of God. But I tell you what, uh, I'm not nearly the soldier that I need to be or I'm wounded and I need Jesus to heal me or I'm absent without leave. At some time in the past, I've abandoned my post spiritually. My friends, come back to the Lord today. He will receive you and he will forgive you. But whatever you do today, get engaged in this spiritual battle and become a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. That's my prayer today for you, my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you engaged in the battle? It starts by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. You're listening to Save to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall, founder and president of Uttermost Evangelism. Today's message was entitled, Four Soldiers in the Army of God. And if you'd like to hear it again or download a copy for a friend, you can find it on our website, uttermostevangelism.org. It's the first in a series of messages from Ephesians chapter 6 called Spiritual Warfare putting on the full armor of God. Be sure to catch all of our programs and get equipped for the battle. At the end of today's message, Brian explained how to get into the army of God and invited you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. 
And if you've never made that commitment before, if you've never repented and come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's our prayer that you do so today. To help you in your journey of faith, Brian has written an easy-to-read booklet entitled Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift. There are five aspects of salvation that Brian explains in the book, why all people need to be saved, how God has made our salvation possible, why anyone can be saved, what salvation really is, and how we receive God's gift of salvation. And we'd like to send you a copy absolutely free as our gift to you. If you'd like a copy of Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift, then simply visit our website and download a copy, uttermostevangelism.org. If you'd like a printed copy, just contact us and we'll get one right out to you. Just drop us a line at uttermostevangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. That's P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, P-O-N-T-O. T-O-C, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. Well, that's about all we have time for today. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time. And remember, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through him. God bless. Save to the Uttermost is provided by Uttermost Evangelism, Pontotoc, Mississippi.